We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 363 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Jim Hilton, and while we will have a regular show coming out on Wednesday morning, I'm with you now to share the latest La Masia update that I did for the summer, something that long-time or short-time listeners know that I've been doing about every six months for the last few years. Unlike the days when Sergio Roberto was the last to break through and Carlos Alagnac could barely sniff a game, it's hard to know exactly how many and which 18-20 year olds that Xavi uses in the break glass in case of emergency moments next year, but we're going to have our best guesses here. I know that the club's transfer business was at an all-time low, but do remember that Ilash Akoma started in Xavi's first game in charge, with Easy Abde on the other side as well in that starting lineup. But before we get to the La Masia piece, I just thought I'd go over a few other pieces of news and give some thoughts on those. I am going to hold off on the Frankie de Young stuff, but I do want to touch on the Ansu Fati news slash non-news. It was debunked pretty quickly that he is dealing with another setback. But when the social media dust settled a few days ago, the truth appears to be that some at the club are not happy that Ansu neglected to have surgery. Now a reminder, that's not really news. We knew that Ansu made that choice a bit away from the club, but also this fear that he won't be as dynamic as he was is also not new. I've been banging on for months now. To prepare yourself for an Ansu who might only physically be 80% of who he was. But if he is still as clinical at putting the ball in the net and at least stays available to be on the field, that's still a darn good player. But if Barca do actually lose Dembele, which we'll likely also touch on for Wednesday, that leaves Barca unfortunately weak on the wings, a spot that you can argue is more important in Xavi's system than a center forward. Compound that with the news that Leeds United wants Rafinha for 65 to 85 million euros. That puts a lot on Memphis Dubai, who potentially was even going to be sent out if Dembele had renewed, and Ferran Torres on the other side, who fans have very, very much turned on at this point. So that makes the wings a pretty weak spot for Barcelona when it's such an important spot for Xavi. And when it comes to news about Ansu, I obviously tend to believe the worst. Remember, he did have his meniscus in his left knee removed in May of 2021. He's been under the knife three times already, and you can bet that some of the issues that have also worked their way into his self-belief as well. I saw somebody compare him to Samuel Umtiti, and that's not entirely false. Umtiti did have his meniscus removed at 17 years old as well, way back in 2010, and he's continued to deal with that left knee pain throughout his career. 
And of course, the choice to go in 2018 to the World Cup instead of opting for either time off or another surgery. Apparently, he had too many infiltrations of cortisone during the World Cup to play that level. And obviously, it changed the course of his very, very bright career at the time. Will Ansu be the next MTT? Physically, probably not, but he did just sign a renewal. And every little thing, every little bit of news is enough for me to call Code Orange on this situation. And speaking of knee injuries, unfortunately, Danny Hermoso has been ruled out of Euro 2022 with a knee injury, which is a big blow for Spain. Though it's kind of up for debate if the 32-year-old was still going to be a Barca player, actually, by then, she's reportedly heading to Club America Femenil in Mexico. Looking at the state of women's football in Mexico, which is still supremely underfunded, even worse so, we've seen the pay disparities in the NWSL here in the United States, but in Mexico, it's, 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 it's much worse. Maybe not as bad even as Argentina, but as far as women's football go, but that's the story for another time. But it is really, really interesting to me to see a name like Hermoso or Jenny that big heading down there to Mexico. And I'm hoping that means that the Mexican League, the Femenil, has turned a corner there. So Jenny not coming back to Barca has been whispered about for months now. And it's a shame that she couldn't leave the Champions League trophy. It goes without saying. But that said, when she did return to the Barca Femenil for her second stint, Remember, she went to Atletico Madrid, then she and Tony Dugan kind of swapped spots. At that point, that's where the Femini did take that first leap forward. So, you know, she won't go down in the history of the Femini as the all-time best. You could argue that her, her partner, Alexei Puteas, has already passed her as maybe the all-time best already, having won the Ballon d'Or the way she did. But it'll be a while, I think, before Jenny gets knocked out of the top five for Barca Femini players all-time. So while Jenny is leaving, that doesn't mean that the Femini is going backwards at all, though. England international Lucy Bronze is coming on a free transfer from Man City. Bronze already won three Champions League titles with Lyon between 2017 and 2020. She won the FIFA Best Award in 2020, and she did all of that as a right back. And I reminded too, because she's already done it, I love the fact that the Femini are adding somebody else with Champions League pedigree, and somebody who, having not won the title in a few years now, since Lyon had last won it before, obviously, this year beating Barcelona, that... She wants it. She's hungry. She wants to get back to the top of the mountain. It will be, you know, more than three years since she had last done it. So between Marta Torajon, who is expected to stay, and Bronze, the Femini have the best one-two punch at any outside back position in women's football. I don't need to look that up. That's just how good they are now. And having that kind of competition, you know, we've seen it before with this Femini team. They're all fine competing. You know, they are friends when it comes to the locker room and it comes to the parades and all the fun. But when it comes to getting your spot on the field and getting minutes, it is ruthless there with the Femini, and that's exactly the way we want it. So somehow, you know, the other transfer is even more exciting, I think, and it's Jenny's quote-unquote replacement. I saw Lecky Martins. I think the club is still looking for somebody to play on the wing, but Gezi Ferreira, who joined on a free transfer from Madrid CFF, is just so versatile. Yeah, she might play on the wing. She might play through the middle. She might even play as that, you know, kind of that attacking midfielder false nine that Jenny did play. So the Brazilian did finish last season as the joint top scorer in Spain with Barca's Asuola. So being Ferreira, she's only 24, scored 20 goals last year, just about 50% of Madrid CFF. That is not Real Madrid's team, but it's the other Madrid team, Madrid CFF. So about 50% of her team's goals. And I am excited to see what she does with the enhanced service coming, obviously, from the midfield of Barcelona and the wingers, Caroline Graham Hansen, goes without saying. So... Two huge signings for the Femini, and a lot of credit to sporting director Markel Zuberlareta for his work. So the Femini, I think their offseason, really off to a good start. All right, so now that we've gone over that, without further ado, here's the La Masia summer update. And oh wait, one last thing. 
If you want to see the names for all the players I mentioned, that will be in the show notes and obviously visuals in the corresponding YouTube video, which is also in the show notes. So, okay, for real this time, here I am talking about the greatest academy in the world. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol or Piquet and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough, and as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content... Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With so many teenagers and young players in the first team, it's hard to imagine seeing many more break through. But you know what? Maybe I am leaning a little bit too much into those Croyfian principles about La Masia being the gateway to filling the rest of the squad. Because there's a number of La Masia players still ready and willing to join the first team when called upon. In all actuality, financially, the club may not have many other options other than to continue to promote from within. 
especially looking at last January and all those reinforcements who came in, even in a big summer transfer window, the club also wants to get rid of a bunch of other players. So you're talking about spots 21 through 25 and then 26 through 30 to fill out for Copa del Rey and the Spanish Super Cup and wherever else Xavi might need them. This time around though, because of the state of the club, you already know a bunch of those Barca B names or Barca Athletic. I'm really going to have to get used to that over the course of this video. Or at least I want to say before the recent weeks, you did know the names of those Barca B players and they might be now on their way out. Because it is a bit risky to do this video now. We're not entirely sure which players are going to continue on with Barca Athletic, which players are getting promoted slash being loaned out, and which players are going to be brought in from the Juvenil A or the U19s. Barca B, all we know, is going to see a major overhaul that's not just the name change. And that's going to have to be a real emphasis on development for Sergi Brazuan's squad. Wins are probably going to be really hard to come by playing a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds on the regular. He's likely to lose 11 or 12 of his 14 top players from a season ago where they barely were able to survive in the Spanish third division. So before we go any farther, speaking of the Barca B exodus, you're not missing in this video Honda Oriana, Arnaud Comas, Santiago Ramos Mingo, Gerard Peque Fernandez, or Ferran Chukla. They were all already transferred out or allowed to leave on free transfers. But there are still a ton who have already been around the first team, including going to Australia at the end of the season. So some could prove their worth in the preseason. That group is Arnaud Tenas, Mika Marmol, Alex Balde, Alvaro Sanz, Antonio Aranda, Izzy Abde, and Ilasha Komash. Abde will likely get promoted while others are either loaned out or stay with Barca Athletic. I also won't highlight Pablo Torre here because I think he'll be playing in the first team. 18-year-old winger Fabio Blanco, who scored four goals after joining from Eintracht Frankfurt in January, will be expected to be one of those players who stays with the second team and becomes a main protagonist with Sergio Bajuan's team. As I keep reiterating, it's a bit risky to do this in mid-January when a bunch of these contracts are due to expire January 30th and not all of them have been renewed just yet. Just know that if one or two of the players that I do name goes elsewhere this summer, it says a lot about the interest that other clubs have in those top prospects in La Masia. Last summer, as I was preparing this same video, it was Iker Bravo, who at the time was probably Barca's highest number nine prospect, and he went to Bayer Leverkusen because he immediately got first team football, at least for one appearance, and who at the time reportedly left because Barca wanted him to stay with Juvenil Bay, aka the U18s, instead of the U19s. Leverkusen also clearly offered him a much more clear path to the first team, and I think his first team debut last year was likely part of that pitch that the club, that being Leverkusen, made to Bravo. So you have waited long enough to hear some of the names, and we're going to begin with basically Bravo's replacement in the academy. The closest number nine in terms of Bravo, and now being the closest number nine, I think, to the first team. And that's the U19s and this coming season Barca Athletics, Victor Barbera, who last season for the U19s scored 23 goals and collected 8 assists, beating Ansu Fati's record from three years ago. The 17-year-old still hasn't filled out yet and is a ways away from the first team number nine spot, but that's more than okay. This was only his second season with the club, technically his first full season with the pandemic limiting youth football. Having arrived from local CF Dom in 2020 and first getting his start at CE Sant Gabriel. He had one goal in six appearances in the UEFA Youth League, and step one of next season is making a bigger impact in that competition. Keep an eye out for Fabian Luzzi, who came with a lot of promise a few years ago from Mario Vallecano, but it just hasn't gone according to plan. And also keep track of Danny Severa, who returns to the Juvenil A and Barca B after leading Dom's U19s, the highest level at Dom, with 13 goals. Speaking of the UEFA Youth League, it should be noted that while they did crash out of the competition last fall, they were much better, that being the U19s under Oscar Lopez as the season went along. By the end of the year, they had won the Copa de Campeones 
And there's a number of players more, that being a few more names that I want to hit on that you're likely to see with Barca Athletic next season. Asanas Pedrola made his first team debut last season, the only one for the UEFA Youth League to do so. And I'm interested to see how the right winger adjusts to life in Barca B next season. This year, he debuted for Sergi Brazwan's team and made seven appearances with one goal, but it was a rather up-and-down year for the 18-year-old between the U19s and Barca B. Remember, this was also his first year at the club, having arrived on a free from Royce last summer. And you've heard me say the name Alex Garrido before, and so I'm going to say it again. The 18-year-old oscillated between the U19s and Barca B last year as well, making six appearances for the latter, even scoring a goal and giving an assist, plus his four goals and 11 assists as a key player for Juvenil A. Don't be thrown off by his age. Yeah, he's a year older than Gabi, but he could provide depth down the line. He's a bit more box-to-box than teammate Chus Alba, the 19-year-old who I've mentioned in multiple seasons before. Alba was unfortunately injured quite a bit in the spring, and it's hard to tell where he stands. His contract is up at the end of the month, so this may be the end of his time at the club. Another one, unfortunately, on that path. Even with a hot and cold year, he still had 7 goals and a team-high 15 assists with the U19s, so I do hope he sticks around. Injuries are tough, though, for young players. Remember Angel Alacan, one of the best winger prospects in the academy? He missed the entire season with an injury, and even at 18, will likely be back with the U19s next season. And it's totally fair to stick with that U19 group that's going to be with Barca Athletic next season, because there is so many of them, so here's a few more. Chadi Riad and Diego Almeida will likely be the center-back pairing, maybe even the starting center-back pairing for Barca Athletic in the fall. And between those two 18-year-olds and another 18-year-old center-back in Arnau Casas, I've not the slightest guess as to which of the three has the best chance for the first team at this point. Almeida has always had the highest ceiling due to his ball-playing abilities from the back, but I can tell you he's got that Eric Garcia part of his game, and he's also got some of the Eric Garcia defense in his game too, if you know what I'm saying. Riyad is a more well-rounded prospect, but I'm not sure what skills he'll have that will translate to an elite level just yet. The same can be said of Arnal Casas, who of the three is still very much physically maturing and could play a bunch for the U19s. To their left will likely be Alex Valle, who made his Barca B debut last season out of necessity. He's never been spoken about with the highest ceiling, he's just a solid all-around left-back who is still developing. But with the lack of left-back options in the academy, the 18-year-old will get some opportunities to show what we've been sleeping on. In front of them is a the defensive midfielder Mark Casado, who does look like he'll be staying and signing that contract renewal. He is a natural pivot, he can tackle some as well, using timing more than pure athleticism. And to me, the 18-year-old is one of the more interesting players for Barca Athletic next season. If Barzwan gives him the keys to the castle instead of Sanz or Mateus Pereira, he could be the most important player in the squad, for better or worse. Due to being a natural pivot, I think if he stays on this current trajectory, that being very similar to Amanchu from a few seasons ago, who is now a first-team player in the Liga, I think Casado is just going to have a good career. But if he does take that leap forward, he could get a tryout in the first team next preseason, and we'll see how that goes. A final four notes about Barca Athletic as we know it going into next season is a 19-year-old Colombian right winger, Juan de Fuentes, who scored 16 goals and 7 assists last year with Juvenal A, will likely join his fellow teenagers if he renews his contract. I didn't name that many other midfielders, though, because as Emre Demir arriving from Turkey, there are others for the U19s that could fill in, like Jorge Alastui, Fermin Lopez, or the aforementioned Chus Alba. An attacking midfielder from Girona, Unai Hernandez, will also start with the U19s and could find his way to Barca Athletic. And lastly, next up for a bunch of these players is the Mediterranean Games in Algeria at the end of this month with the Spain U18s. It's goalkeeper Ander Estralaga, Casas, Blanco, Akomash, and Bale. Now down to the current U18s and U16s, many of which will be promoted to the Juvenil A or the U19s, or they'll stay with the U18s 
or potentially even stay with Cadet A depending on their age. Obviously, as I always do, there's a huge disclaimer here. When you're talking about 16-year-old players, a lot could go right, sure, but a lot can also go wrong, so there's the greatest bit of hesitation whenever I'm naming these players. But the reason I do name this bunch is because, at worst, I do think many of them will have some kind of professional careers where they do have some success, regardless of the level. Of the list I'm about to share with you, all of them are 16 years old, except in the latter two who are even younger than 16. But this is an indication of that 05-06 group having a ton of potential. Last year, Juvenile Bay of the U18s was led by Hugo Alba's 11 goals, taking the place of Igor Bravo, and arguably becoming the number 9 in the academy with the most potential. Behind him on the wing was Danny Rodriguez, an attacking threat who showed off his stuff at the U18s. Rodriguez has got a bit of sauce, and I'm interested to see him develop as the competition gets a bit bigger and stronger. He did already make his Juvenile A debut last season, so next season he should be relied on to be one of the leading figures under Oscar Lopez, who also handles the UEFA Youth League. And then for Cadet A, which is the U16s, it's a team that not only do I use the most hesitation for, but it's also the first level where I'm willing to kind of give you names. I think anything less than a Cadet A leveled up in the U16s are players that we just don't know enough about just yet. A few of this bunch will be moving on to the U18s, including 18-year-old goalkeepers, Aaron Jakabisvili from Hungary and Diego Kocin from the US. Right back Young Kolome, a position of need in the academy, is one of the more promising fullbacks at any level for sure. American Adrian Gill also had to be mentioned here, a central midfielder who is coming along nicely, with obviously a long way to go before the first team. Right winger Arnaud Pradas, who's been one of the top goal scorers at any age group he's been in, will make the jump to the U19s as well. If 16-year-old Pradas gets a chance in the UEFA Youth League this season, though it may be a bit too soon for him, I'm interested to see how he stacks up against kids a few years older than him at that level. Now for the final four, and the four that I might think have the highest ceiling from this Cadet A squad from last season. Center back Landry Ferre, who is still just 15, I say just 15 because I think we've known about him since he was 11 or 12, has a ways to go as a player, but has kept a consistent level of excellence while consistently playing years up. He missed four months this season, which actually saw the rise of fellow 15-year-old center back Hector Fort, but it's great to see Ferre back and healthy again. Back to a 16-year-old for the next one is the pivot, Pau Prim. Of anybody in the academy, he does the best Sergio Busquets impression, which obviously catches the eye. But then again, so did Sergio Semper and many, many others. Yet, the Barcelona-born Prim has a keen understanding of the pace of the game. His understanding of where and when to deliver the right ball are the skills that I think could serve him very well in the future, which isn't right now yet. And lastly, since he did play for the Get It Odd last season, it's finally time, yes, it's finally time on this channel to highlight the 14-year-old who scored 24 goals with the U16s, Lamine Yamal, who will be 15 in July. Remember, he's still two years younger than when we saw Ansu, Pedri, or Gabi in Barcelona's first team, so continue to hold those horses as tight as you can. I'm going to start my sentence with the disclaimer I always have, everybody be careful. But I can also say with a bit of confidence that he probably has the highest potential of any player, that being any player from Barca Athletic all the way down to the U16s, that's basically every player from the ages of, I mean, he's 14, going to be 15, but 16 to 19 at the moment in the academy. So that three to four year window. Even at this age, he's just better than everyone around him. He can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot. He's a complete attacker in the youth levels. He'll likely stay with the Cadet A again next season, what being 15 and all, but don't be surprised if you see his name in a Juvenile Bay starting lineup in the fall, and maybe even a Juvenile A starting lineup in the spring. He's ahead of the curve as he's always been in La Masia. He can play on the right wing, left wing, or through the middle. And I want to be perfectly clear again, don't lose your mind when Xavi has him in a first team training this upcoming season. He's been doing that with a bunch of youngsters from the U16s to U19 levels. 
and Yamal is a choice that makes sense. If he can keep a good head on his shoulders and keep this up, we're still talking multiple years away if he ever makes it, but so far, at least at 14, he's been one of the more promising 14-year-olds that I've ever seen come through the academy, at least for the last 10 years or so. But again, and I can't reiterate this enough, there's a chance between understanding his great yet-to-be-fulfilled potential and overhyping a play with a lot more growing to do, literally growing to do, before we start to annoy him as the next anybody. Yeah, so as always, I threw a ton of disclaimers, I kept throwing disclaimers and don't overhype and all those warnings here in this, I guess, hypocritical La Masia video, but you get the point here. I always like to be careful. Like I said at the start, Xavi will trust youngsters. Even bringing in Pablo Torre, giving him that call saying, hey, I could definitely see you in my first team next season, even competing with Pedri and Gabi and maybe Nico Gonzalez, all for midfield spots with Kessier, Frankie de Young if he doesn't leave, and Sergio Busquets. How many youngsters we do see in the first team next season is very much up for debate, but I think the number will be rather small, just based on the number of teenagers still left in the first team at the moment. We've already mentioned it's Pablo Torre, it's Ez Abde who is really going to get the opportunity with Dembele leaving on that wing, especially if there is no replacement coming in due to financial restraints. Those two, I definitely expect to see. Maybe even with an occasional Ilasha Komash, if I had to guess. But again, that doesn't mean that there isn't plenty of talent waiting in the wings for the coming years when it's finally time for that golden generation, the sacred cows at Barcelona, to finally ride off into the sunset and get ready for that new generation that is very much already in the first team. And as I warned you at the start too, let's just see how many of them stay and renew their contracts come June 30th. All right, thanks me for the La Masia update. Again, we'll have another show for you in probably less than 36 hours. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Remember, we've got the merch store, the Patreon, Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Links are all in the show notes below. And most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Or the Barca. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.